0: afternoon, or good morning, or good evening, depending on what time you are <laughs> listening to this. It's a podcast, so that's the beauty of the uh, of the media. Um, welcome to another F- Castle Rock critical episode, all about Castle Rock, surprisingly. Yay. Um, yay. Now, I know what you're thinking. Who the heck is that? Um, and I'll answer that. Now actually, my name is Gaz, you may have heard me appearing in one or two Castle Rock episodes uh, as well as the wider fan critical um, database uh, and join, joining me today is our resident, um, resident Stephen King expert, the, the amity to my Augustine perhaps. Nice. Definitely not, uh, but it's Emma. Hello, <laughs> Hello.
1: Emma. I'll, I'll take that to Hello. be honest, now, She's mental
0: that's right um, and so am i absolutely and um you know there, maybe there is some uh, too much sexual chemistry um but luckily we're separated by thousands yep. of miles the so other side that never of the world surfaces, does it's it? all good exactly
1: safety safety yeah. and distance
0: um that's it well how do you feel about the fact that I'm hosting this this episode? This is unusual. Well, it isn't is it?
1: unusual. And actually, to be honest, Gaz, I'm I'm pretty happy because it meant I had to do no preparation for this whatsoever. Which is brilliant.
0: Yeah, any excuse for you to do no work. I'm I'm often accused of being the lazy member of this group, <laughs> but I don't think that's fair. And this is my chance to prove those accusations wrong. Well, to wrong. flip it back right round
1: um, to you, Gaz, how do you feel about hosting Castle Rock Critical?
0: Well, I'm, ex- I'm excited. Um, and look, what I, what I will say is I'm definitely the member of the team that knows the least about Castle Rock law, um, Stephen King law. Uh, but, you know, that, I, I think that puts me in the best place possible to host this podcast. And I tell you what as well, Emma, I think this particular podcast need someone who's slightly removed because we need some calm heads at the moment. Oh yes. I won't get into why just yet. But let's just say there are <clears throat> there are a lot of people losing their shit at the moment about what's just happened in Charlottesville. Yeah, I lost
1: my shit Would yesterday. You agree? Um in fact I sent a mm. very capitalized swear word to the group, single word which encompassed all yep. of my shit losing. Uh, it was just fuck. Mm. Um
0: all right, well, don't don't potty. Blew my, yeah. yeah. my mind. Listen, yeah, blew, blewed my mind. Blewed
1: my mind. Yeah, I mean, there's a there's a lot there's a lot of uh, response, and uh, I think everybody is finally going. Oh my god, what what is happening? Where are we going? And I'm quite excited to talk about this one.
0: Yeah, look, we are we're pretty lucky to have this one to ourselves and to be able to talk about it. <clears throat> um. Like I say, I I think it's important that we, we maintain cool heads and we discuss this in a manner that is becoming. Um and let's be honest, if anyone else was hosting it, it would be hysterical probably. <laughs> so luckily we've put everyone in their in their coffins. They're ra- they're waiting to be reawakened yep. in waiting right to be regooed. A hundred regooed, come back as goo people. Um so it's just just me and you this time. But uh but that's that's excellent. That's our uh, that's our luck. And again, so, um, even in season two,
1: episode seven, possibly the best one of the season.
0: Well, was it the best one of the season? Let's discuss let's. that, Emma. Um, why don't you start off <clears throat> by giving us your thoughts on the episode? We'll, we'll we'll exchange our thoughts on the episode as a whole. We'll then obviously get into the plot, um, followed by some some King Corner and uh, obviously listener feedback as well. But but let's kick off with. With you running us down this episode, and maybe even giving it a score out of I don't know, maybe five items of fruit of your ah, choosing.
1: Excellent, that sounds like a good idea. I'm sure I can think of something. Um, I so when this episode first started, um, I I wasn't quite sure how I felt. I was a bit confused, uh, which is my general state of mind. Let's be honest. Um, and uh, and I
0: that was just the that was just when you tried to turn on your yeah. laptop.
1: Well, to be honest, trying to find the play button was hard enough. Um, but it, I kind of, I quite enjoyed. You know, we talked about the episode, um, which spent a lot of time in the more recent past, and and how good that was. Um, I I liked being somewhere else and getting a bit of history. So, one of the things that I have been doing, and uh, uh, you know, don't uh, don't ever. Call me lazy uh, because I do all of the reading in this group because the rest of them are illiterate.
0: No, that was that was unfair. Know, I'm very sorry.
1: I, I, to be fair, I was lazy for this podcast. So I read, um, I've read Salem's Lot, obviously, uh, and I've been reading some some stuff around that. And I've recently read. Jerusalem's Lot, which is a short story that is uh, essentially a, a prequel to Salem's Lot. It's at the end of the the paperback copy. I read it in real real format mm-hmm. this time, and that's set in about the eighteen hundreds. Uh, and it kind of alludes to right. to various different things. So seeing you know another couple of hundred years back, I, I really enjoyed that. Um, I thought that the the characters were really interesting, um, and kind of flipping back and forth was 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 good. I, I thought they did a really good job of it um one of the things i think that really stood out for me in this episode um was ace uh and his kind of portrayal of Augustine and uh and pop okay. like tim robbins finally getting him back in uh, back mm. in the show and 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 he did a really great job i, I really by the time we got about halfway through, I was like, I don't know what's happening here, but I'm loving it. And then that absolute like bombshell of a plot twist that in 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 reality, in hindsight, we all probably should have all been expecting, but I wasn't at all. Just blew me away. It was brilliant. And I finally, do you
0: think do you, do you think we should have been expecting that? Was that was there enough? Did we know that there was enough in common with season one for us to be expecting?
1: Well, maybe not. And I think, you know, there are a couple of hints and clues in, in this episode. Um, you know, when Amity's been banished to, to the forest, I'm pretty sure we hear something a bit like the schisma. Um, there's a random, yeah. weird, tall person and, you know, in hindsight, quite obvious. Ace obviously goes down into block F and, and sees the cage and, and and so I suppose they were hinting at it if you look at it in hindsight. But I loved the fact that I wasn't expecting it um, because I, in all honesty, mm-hmm. and I've said this over the last few weeks, I wasn't really sure where this season was going. Like The first three episodes, yep. loved them. The three that we've just had, apart from the the kind of Annie teenage backstory, have been a bit kind of mixed for me. I wasn't really that kind of uh, bought into it. Uh, this has totally changed everything for me. Um, and, I, you know, we've said the whole way along, they are whizzing through this. How? How are they possibly going to carry this on for another four episodes? What's going to happen? They must have something big coming. Well, boy, did they. Um,
0: They did. All right. Well, give me a blue. Yes.
1: So for anyone who doesn't know the blueberry system, it is very simple. We rate everything on a scale from zero to five. Zero is the worst. Five is the best. And there can be no halves because that would be nonsense. Um, I've been toying with this score. uh, But I think I've got to give it a five blue. Uh, Just purely for how much I've thought about it after um after the episode and i apologize to everyone if you can hear my cat pairing she also agrees uh it's That's five right. no, blue get her involved yep. five um and um mm. and, and for the shock it gave me uh really well done i thought it was really well styled and actually there are some great little nods to to the king canon in this episode so yeah for me five bloobs
0: excellent all right well lovely stuff i'm I'm looking forward to king corner um at the end of this episode just on on the topic of your cat a bit of advice that I saw, never feed your cat blueberries. Not really? Not good for them. She says, that's a zero
1: blue from mm, me. Sorry
0: to disappoint. <laughs> <laughs> oh, sorry. What did you sorry, think, guys? Because,
1: I mean, this was... Well, you haven't been in, an, in a Castle Rock for a couple of weeks now, have you?
0: No, I missed a few episodes. And um, I have to say, I was gutted to miss the Laughing Place episode. Yeah. Um, because I... Loved it. I absolutely loved it. It was 100% a Five Blueberry episode for me, Um, and you know we're not here to talk about that episode. But I just thought that I I got lost. I got lost in that story, and that as a standalone piece of TV, on it was 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 brilliant. Um, And I've I've almost found it a little bit frustrating to come back to the modern day castle rock because i'm like oh, i want to know more about this <laughs> um obviously there's not that much more to tell that story was told but um i loved that episode hated the following episode and the, the episode six two bloops maybe um or two gooberries berries oh, maybe. Been nice because of the goo people um but on to, to this episode. I I have to say as a whole as a whole, I, I, and I don't think I don't think you're gonna to find too many people disagreeing with your five blueberry um rating, Emma. But for me I, I found it a bit of a mixed bag, to be honest. Okay. I loved the start of the episode, the the, the sojourn to um to like frontier New England and the early settlers, the early French settlers in New England. I I loved that stuff. That was really cool. I thought you did. Um, like I'll talk a little bit more. Yeah, I did. I really did. I'll talk a little bit more about that soon. Um, but I just found myself becoming really disinterested when we came back to to modern day Castle Rock, and I I didn't care. I I I found the momentum of the Annie and Joy story was just halted totally because you know they weren't in it um so that's never going to help is it <laughs> no and um generally speaking the 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 goo people story <laughs> french like i i just hate that they're always drinking wine what <laughs> ah, is that why aren't either. they why aren't, why aren't they carrying baguettes and wearing you know little what they're called the little hats little hats stri- yeah. and and striped shirts and cycling around it's ridiculous <laughs> that that they have to drink wine to show that they're french anyway um, I don't know how else you'd know, Gaz, that.
1: because, you know, it's not like they speak with a French <laughs> accent, really is it? They have to drink wine and, you know, maybe uh, some garlic.
0: Yeah, they they should have... A beret, that's the yes. hat. The it's called a beret. Why don't we remember that? A blue beret. Um, I'll stop with the blueberry puns. This is getting silly. Um, but, but the reveal at the end was incredible. It sort of stunned me into... Stunned silence i that on its own probably earned it a, a possibly an extra two blueberries Ooh. i'm gonna be honest because i really wasn't loving the episode um but i loved that and therefore it gets itself four blueberries nice uh from me yeah it, it that was we'll talk about it in a lot of detail obviously when we come to it but an excellent piece of TV, I felt, um, and it's it's just shaken up everything that we're we're watching. And now I don't know what to think uh, about what's coming, <laughs> mystery. Um, but I will tell you what's coming in this podcast. We're going to get to the plot very soon, um, and we'll we'll discuss. I'll run through a p- few points, um, and I cannot think of anybody better placed than you to stop me if I read anything of interest. Oh, no pressure. Um, all right. No. Um but before we get there, uh let's have a quick advert. <sighs> Hello. Welcome to the uh the short advert section of this podcast where we get to hoist upon you our wares. Um what do we got going on, Emma? We've got uh, we've got well got more of these, more castle yep, rocks. Three stuff. more. Um three more episodes to come. Um little bit of a mixed bag, this series, but uh, I'll tell you what hasn't been a mixed bag. This podcast has been consistently brilliant all the way through. true. Uh, and I can say that because I haven't even been in it much, so <laughs> doing a great job. Um, one that I personally have been in a lot is um, our new podcast on uh, the HBO show Watchmen, um, which has been fantastic so far. It's It's, it's been brilliant. Um, and our podcast has also been great, Uh no, I am just being arrogant because I am in that Well, one, I've but read some of the feedback uh, with... and
1: I have listened to some of the podcasts yeah. and everybody seems to think it is a fantastic companion to a fantastic show. So well done, guys.
0: That's right. Almost everyone thinks that. Um, and anyone who doesn't, we won't talk about them. <laughs> so uh, that is the the three minute men. That's uh, Len, John and me. Um You've got something coming up, haven't you, Emma? You and Lucy doing Doctor we Sleep?
1: Certainly are. So we're uh, carrying on with the King Canon. Doctor Sleep is the uh, twenty thirteen sequel novel to The Shining, following uh, baby Danny Torrance as a grown man. Uh, and the film was recently released. Lucy and I went to see it on Tuesday. Uh, in a very fancy cinema with loungy seats. It's really quite lovely. Yeah, very good. Uh, so we are recording that in a couple of days, so that'll be out next week. Uh, do listen in. If you haven't read the book, don't worry, uh, because we will tell you everything. Um, so, yeah, that's really exciting. And um, uh, that will be probably one of our last movie reviews for the year because we're uh, coming up to Christmas now.
0: We are. So as we come up to Christmas, um, we actually have a, a commissioned podcast to do. We I do believe. indeed. Um which will be Christmas-themed. That's been commissioned by one of our wonderful Patreons, Jamie. Um, if you would like to join Jamie and the others who are sponsoring us, please do uh, visit our Patreon site. That's uh, www.patreon.com forward slash critical, um, where we have a number of tiers available for you to become an official blueberry. Um, get access to our uh, a, a Cast It series um, or pay a little bit more money and you get to tell us what to podcast on. Which is great. Um, or even be in a podcast, which is We crazy. love being told um, what to do. But exciting. Uh,
1: Jamie has commissioned us to uh, to cover a classic, uh, The Grinch, for Christmas. Oh,
0: excellent. Yeah. Excellent choice, Jamie, excellent to be movie. fair.
1: Very much looking forward to that.
0: Although I like the Jim Carrey one. Is that what we're I doing? I assume
1: so. I'll, we'll double yeah,
0: check Jamie. That's a good one. Okay. All right. Well, that's probably enough of this. Um, let's get on to the plot of Castle Rock Season 2, Episode 7, The Word. Da, da,
1: da, da, da.
0: Kicking us off this week, we are whisked away to 1619 America. Da, da, da. Um, to what is today... What's that trumpet mean? What, Just me what being excited. OK, um, well, don't get too excited yet, because it doesn't look like the most livable place in the world. But they are in what is now today, of course, Maine, um, specifically, probably the the site of, of New Jerusalem or Nouveau-Jerusalem. Nice. Good French. Perhaps. Yeah. yeah? Thank you. Um, now, as you know, I am a geographer by trade. Um I do delve into a bit of history as well so a little bit of historical geography always nice. excites me did you know and this is what you get with me as host right you get some Fun you facts. Get some ge- geographical facts did you know that this particular part of the world was first I'm going to say europeanly settled all right not a not officially a word but europeanly settled by the french mm-hmm. um in 1604 Ooh. Right, so yeah, so we're we're pretty close to sort of the first settlements. Um now, here's a thing for you, Emma. They called this part of the world at this time Acadia.
1: Really? No way.
0: So shout out to friend of the pod Acadia, who I imagine knows this information already. That is fascinating. Um, But I'll admit I didn't. You didn't clearly. And maybe one or two of our listeners didn't. Um I know the other three won't have won't know that at all. They know nothing about the world outside of their own sheltered experiences um <laughs> so anyway, we are introduced to the the struggling French settlers, uh, particularly a couple of of key characters here uh augustin yep or augustine he's like the priest or the um the he's priest. not very
1: priestly though is he because he's uh he's having you know sexy time. And, uh, and and worshipping a, a false deity. So
0: Well, yeah, but not yet, is he? Spoiler. At this point, he's not really worshipping any false deities. But we are introduced to him and his sexy time friend, Amity. Um, now, Amity is, yeah, sort of the, the priest's boyfriend. But she's also appears to be the daughter she? of... She's the... Oh, <laughs> yeah, all right. The priest's girlfriend listen we live in a world where gender is fluid and sexuality is fluid let's not put labels on things yeah lover just use the word lover yeah the lover of the priest um but also seems to be the daughter of like the i don't know the mayor of this of this small segment head honcho Um, shall we call him yeah the big boss um now she seems to be suffering with some sort of caesar inducing illness Or is possibly possessed. Or both. Um,
1: You know, let's not say that he can't have science and the supernatural all in one go. You know, her father believes that that she's possessed, and uh, Augusti believes that she is just medically unwell. So, you know, ahead of his time. A
0: malady of the body, not of the mind. Or is that the same thing? I don't know. Um, All right. So, in other words, her, her dad. Reaches the conclusion that she is possessed. So he's like, "Get out, get out of this settlement, and take your priestly boyfriend with you." Right. So they are kicked out of the settlement. They're exposed to the elements, and they seem to be struggling a little bit out in the wilderness. Right. So um, I mean, the
1: settlement is struggling anyway. It's uh, so one of the things. That's, yes,
0: that's an important yeah, point. Yeah, very, isn't it?
1: very early on, pointed out that the land is barren. Uh, they are struggling for food. And then throwing them out into this, this looks rough as rough as hell, man. Like, I- I'd be dead within a day. Oh,
0: you would not. Yeah, I mean, listen, I'm surprised every morning I wake up and I've got a new message from me. I'm like, oh, good, she made it yeah. through. Um,
1: Let's be honest. It's a miracle, yeah. quite frankly. I'm, I'm delighted. but you know, <laughs> yeah.
0: if, if you were exposed to the, the the winter of New England, you would be struggling big time. Um, just like Augustine who seems to catch a fever immediately. It's like they get kicked out and he's got a cold yep, straight away. That's it. Pneumonia, um,
1: dying in a cave. Amity on the other hand, pretty handy, isn't she? Yeah,
0: she's she's a she's a survivor. Um do you know what I was getting vibes of here? Have you ever seen the movie uh The Witch? No. Excellent movie, watch it. Um but it also is about sort of uh settlers in New England. I, I can't remember whether it's kind of specifically what is now Maine or I think it might be sort of where Massachusetts is maybe. I I can't remember exactly, but it's it's New England settlers, um nice. in the sort of seventeenth century. And they uh this family get kicked out of their settlement um and have to go and set up on their own, sort of next to the forest that's haunted and um or full of witches maybe excellent movie really dark really depressing but really brilliant and haunting nice. and um atmospheric might give that a try well worth a watch so if you well if you liked the start of this episode definitely watch the witch um now back to castle rock whilst uh, Augustine's struggling seems to be dying amity's sort of surviving she's doing a little drawing we start hearing some strange noises in the forest Emma. right now we've heard this before yeah. haven't we
1: that was good. I like yeah. that. Yeah.
0: Was this your first sort of call back to, to season one
1: I mean we've had a couple of like bits in, in the rest of the season but in this episode it happened quite quickly and as I said earlier like in hindsight it kind of makes you wonder um about you know the, the connections with uh, you know what happens at the end of the episode I don't know why I'm trying not to spoil it but I am Um and, and it wasn't quite yeah, the same as the schisma that we know but there was something and you, you know when you kind of just feel it in your bones I was like that's that schisma something's going to yeah. happen here Um
0: yeah okay Your schisma radar was It certainly was,
1: yeah. My schizdar.
0: Amity is sort of drawn by the noises, um, and she ends up on the edge of uh, what we know today as Castle Lake, right? And while she's there, she's met by a hooded figure who reveals their face to Amity, not to the audience, but to Amity, casting light upon her face. And that's sort of the uh, the opening scene, isn't it? What, what are your thoughts overall on this as a, an opening to I the really episode?
1: liked it. Like, I mean, uh, I especially like it knowing that it's relatively close to, to history in terms of timing and, and the things like that. I think they've done it quite accurately. I think you immediately yeah. kind of hooked on to Amity and you're like, well, this is harsh. Um, and then it, it left you with that feeling of mystery. I mean, who whose face is, is so something that it... Uh, causes the sun to light up. I mean, like the mental. And I I, I wasn't mm-hmm. sure who this was going to be. I was like, is it some like witchy old woman? Is it, uh, I don't know. Uh, definitely didn't expect it to be what it was, but I loved that kind of leaving you hanging where she gets to see who that is under the hood and we are left waiting. Um, I was intrigued about um, the, the, the backstory, um, you know, what was going to happen to Amity and Augustine. And, uh, and I'm really excited to see it carry on. And, and I think I wasn't quite sure whether we were going to stay in 1619 or whether we were going to kind of back and forth. And obviously we we back and forth, but it was, yeah, it was good. It was a good opening.
0: Um, just a word for uh, amacy She's, she's, she's cool. She's like, uh, I don't know, like entrancing. Yeah. It's sort of, she, she's, she's an intriguing, she's got a really kind of interesting look about her that, that draws she's got quite in, a kind of charismatic um, face. Yeah, do you,
1: if that makes sense.
0: Her name's uh, M- Matilde Dehar. Oh, is she
1: actually French? Yeah, I think she's actually nice. French.
0: Yeah. Um, so yeah, she. I mean, she's good. She's really good. She's intriguing, um, and I wanted to see more of her throughout this episode, and we did, fortunately. Yay. But um, before we do, we come back to the modern day, and. Um, there's some sort of like DIY party thing going on at the Marston house this is where I started losing interest to be honest Emma and I want to know your thoughts on this I think the Marston house as a whole in this in this series has been wasted yeah. I think it, it had the potential to be like a a character in itself like a creepy abandoned house that's sitting perched on top of a hill and and i know maybe in theory it sounds creepy where you go oh, well that's the undead space But it's not, because it's just people walking around with sort of two by fours and hammering nails in walls. (laughs) Just stroking wood. Ah, mahogany,
1: lovely. Um, Yeah, no, I (laughs) I agree. I think the the great thing about Salem's Lot as as a book is that Salem's Lot as itself is a character, but the Marston house embodies so many things. Um, And I think that without the whole, you know, undead and and the fear of, uh, you know, what is living up there, it's become, it's just become a house. And I think that they're using it as the linchpin for, uh, obviously, for for the return of of the spirits of the settlers from 1619. Yeah, fine. Um, Mm -hmm. But it's just a bit boring, isn't it? And, yes, and I kind I of, agree. I mean, obviously now we're, we're linking it, so we're kind of, we're, we're paralleling here. The, the basement of the Marston House obviously comes up in 1619 later and we understand that that building is, you know, where Marston House was built. So that ground is, um, you know, very specifically linked uh, or intrinsically linked to the to the present. Um, but I think the only thing that really, I, I, I don't care about any of those other characters in the Marston House. I just really care about yeah. Ace because it's such a weird turn for a character that you just don't expect to to act that way um
0: to drink wine, well, yeah,
1: I mean to be honest that that was just bizarre. You should just be beating kids up yeah, and, you yeah. know walking around drinking beer um so yeah it, it's it's a bit of a shame, but i i I think that they've tied it in better this episode than they have done for most of most of the season,
0: yeah, okay, um. I mean, uh, at this point as well, it is revealed. We do have the little um, trick where Ace turns into Augustine and then back into Ace sort of, for, for us as an audience. I didn't audience. like that. Um, no, I, tell me why you didn't well, like it.
1: Because I felt like it was a bit too obvious. I'm going, look,
0: right, exactly. We 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 already yeah. knew that. We already knew that was Augustine. He's been named as Augustine. I, I, I
1: felt I felt a bit like it was. Is someone going? Actually, no. Don't don't read the novel. Here's the picture book. Um You know, okay. and maybe yeah. for some people that that would work. Uh, what I found weird was that Not random you, pregnant woman painting a wall. I was like, "Who's she? Where's she come from?" Um Yeah, I, I thought it was oh. just thought it was a little bit clunky, but it, it didn't really take away from from the uh, the effect or the or the episode itself.
0: did notice the pregnant woman. What what's going to happen if she? Is she gonna have the baby? Well,
1: see, she's pregnant when you flash back to who she was in sixteen, nineteen, but not the actual character in twenty nineteen.
0: Uh, yeah, oh. Yeah, weird, right? Oh god. Yeah. Anyway, let's not dwell right. on that. Very weird. No, <laughs> let's move on. Um Alright. Meanwhile, we uh <clears throat> we get back to Annie. And she's being I have to say, very lightly interrogated by a police officer um, about the incident with Rita. Like, considering what's happened, this is very casual. Um, but... Look, I'm not going to have a go at Lizzie Kaplan because the, the it would be wrong of me to do so. She's yes. very good. She is very good. There are times throughout this season that I've found Annie really annoying, though. And... Uh, I don't think this is a Lizzie Kaplan problem. I think this is a Annie Wilkes in this guy's problem. She's just very moany, like moans every when she speaks. It's the tone and the intonation is moany. It's, it's It kind of smacks of Do you know desperation,
1: I mean? doesn't it? And I yeah, constantly. I think desperate. that's part of her character, though, and I think that that's part of. Uh, them trying to, you know, obviously we've been very sympathetic towards Annie, which is bizarre considering it's Annie Wilkes. Um, and I wonder if this is their way mm. of like trying to drive us to the feeling that we had to, you know, Kathy, Kathy Bates' Annie Wilkes um, by getting annoyed and frustrated and kind of that, that side of things with her. I, I don't know. Um, I, I think Lizzie Kaplan does moanly, desperate Annie quite well.
0: Yeah, I mean, she, look, she does that well. I think just... I imagine, you know, if I was, if I was to imagine, right, this is a, maybe a slightly bizarre thought, um, but I'm going to say it anyway. If I imagined that this was all, this, this show was played by an orchestra. Do you know the instrument that would be doing Annie? It would be like a trombone, like, like that sort of noise all the time. I was thinking more of like a five-year-old
1: with a recorder. (laughs)
0: Okay. I'm almost at the point where I'd rather listen to the five-year-old with a recorder. Um, But uh, I'm also not entirely sure how much sympathy I have for Annie. I think I lost that after she – not after she killed her dad because that was an accident, all right, but that she followed that up immediately by trying to kill an innocent woman in front of her baby and then stealing the baby and was about to go and kill the baby before it magically laughed I lost I lost sympathy and and I also I lost sympathy because yeah her parents weren't perfect of course not but they were they were loving her her dad loved her
1: I, I think it's it's difficult I think I still have a, an element of sympathy for Annie but because I really bought into the Uh, the the kind of mental health behind it and the the struggle that that she's going through to control the two parts of her and and I think that's really interesting and maybe it's not sympathy maybe it's just fascination um because I'm I really want to know how she becomes our Annie Wilkes or if she does um so yeah I mean that's been that's been interesting for me but I, I did I found that the very minimal amount of Annie in this episode just kind of incidental to everything else to be honest. It didn't really add much to the story apart from confirming the fact that Rita is dead.
0: Well, yeah. I mean, did it actually confirm it? I I don't know. Uh, did, I don't know if they said
1: eh.
0: you've killed a woman or anything. I, so I don't know if it's confirmed. Well, um, maybe not. I'm going to say I'm 75% sure she's dead, but there's still an element of doubt. Um, anyway, Annie's insisting that it was, it was her. She's trying to protect Joy, obviously. Um, but Mr police officer ain't so sure he's like well yeah what about the syringe and Annie makes up makes a story that makes no sense about the syringe and um then for some reason Joy gets let into the room for 25 seconds uh, and then they get told that they've got to go and that's all we'll be seeing of them this is, episode which
1: is which is right because let's be honest they don't really matter to this part of the story right now
0: no but again i I've, i'm frustrated because I, I want to see that story developing i'm interested in that story yeah. but anyway yes a different story was to be told today and part of that story was pop yeah um so we got pop back how'd that Great. make you feel uh,
1: tim robbins is brilliant and um mm. it's interesting because I, so i've recently read the sun dog uh which is a short story um which It's quite supernatural, uh, but it focuses uh, basically all around Pop Meryl, and um, so I've become quite sort of engaged with his character, and I I think Tim Robbins is um, embodying my idea of Pop Meryl quite nicely. Um, So it was good to have him back because I've kind of feel like we haven't seen Tim Robbins for like a good couple of episodes, really. Apart from you know, oh yeah, actually I did kill your mum. Sorry, don't hate me. And then that was really it. We didn't really get a lot of him to be so. It was good to have him back, and especially to have him back at uh, back at Shawshank.
0: Yeah. Well, I was going to say the the show obviously loved doing this, like the the little while he pulled up and the camera focuses in on the Shawshank sign, and um, but it was a good moment. Yeah, really it?
1: good and and an interesting um part of, of the plot of, of Pop's story, I think.
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, look, this, this trip to Shawshank is exposition-filled, I would say. Yeah. Um, not just for us, but for, for Pop himself. So Pop's there to speak to to John. Not not our John. He's not there. <laughs> he should um, be in Shawshank, to be fair. Not, not yet, yeah. Maybe one day. Um, and John gives loads of information to to us. So turns out that um John is Pop's brother-in-law, which is great. That's lovely. He's visiting yeah. his brother-in-law, um but that he killed Pop's sister, which is not so great. Um that's some would say quite bad actually. Pretty horrible. Um that's what he's in that's what he's in Shawshank for. So Pop Probably isn't the biggest fan of his brother-in-law, generally speaking. But it's also why Pop brought up Ace and Chris, and why they're Merrills. Um, so that was that was interesting. I, I quite like that. Um, you yeah, think?
1: good. I think um, oh, I was still a bit confused about um, Ace and Chris because I'm pretty sure one of them is Pop's kid, and the other one is his nephew. But ah, I don't okay. know which. One. I, think, right. I think I think Ace is Bye. his nephew, and Chris is his son. But I don't think I
0: thought that John, the brother-in-law, said that's why he got my boys uh, plural. Maybe. But maybe he just said boy. I oh, who know. knows? Maybe um,
1: no. I, I thought it was good, and it's nice to get a bit of background, and actually, to it's interesting then looking at Ace and, and Chris and seeing how different each of them are, um, and you know, one of them embodying. Although Pop is, he's not a nice man. Um, he is. Uh, he's pretty sneaky. He's pretty controlling and, you know, he's, he's a bit like the mob boss of Castle Rock. Um, he is clearly not as fucking awful as his brother-in-law, let's be honest. And you can see yes. that kind of Ace more embodies yeah. John and, and Chris. Well, not now because he's been taken over by the spirit of someone from 1619. Uh, but more <laughs> embodies it more embodies yeah. pop, I think. And um, and it was just quite interesting to see him interact with someone that we don't know, with a, an interaction that I don't know what to expect from.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Um, well, we also hear as so Pop kind of leaves, <clears throat> but not before John says, "That's why Ace came down, or whatever." He thinks that something's going on, right? And turns out that Ace has visited his dad, um, which is news to Pop. So Pop is now suspicious of what's going on and as he leaves the prison he asks the guard what's what's happening why did ace come here um it turns out that ace has been making visits to the prison um but he's been making visits to see something very interesting mm, block f block f <laughs> i'm glad you said that because i wrote, <laughs> i wrote down <laughs> looking this is the look behind the curtain cell block D. <laughs> Why did I write D? Mine might um, be wrong. I'm right, pretty it's sure F. it's block F. No, no, I think you're right. <laughs> when you said it, I was like, yeah, it was F. Anyway, so, so he's... <laughs> you're thinking of word with Scrubs, well, mate. So self, block... Uh, am I... I don't... I've never seen it. So, anyway. Maybe, maybe Ace is just a big fan of season one of Castle Rock and wanted to see the, the famous Cage.
1: I mean, potentially something else is afoot here uh, because we we see him looking at the the cage where the kid was, um, where the kid was. There's some sweatpants and it's locked from the outside, but it's empty. Ooh,
0: Locked from the outside, but it's empty and the clothes have gone. That's
1: Harry Houdini, is running around naked in Castle Rock.
0: Yeah, well, somebody's running around naked in (laughs) Castle Rock and if it's who I think it is, then... Lucy's going to be very Over excited. Over the moon! Yeah,
1: it was, so, it was odd because at this point, I mean, this obviously is 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 signposting what, what happens at the end of the episode, but at this point I was just really confused and I wasn't sure why he was there <laughs> yeah. and what he was doing. Yeah. I was like, well, what are you up to, Ace? What's going on here? Are you, are you thinking about putting someone in there? I wondered if he was going to put Annie in there to keep her out of the way before he puts yeah. Amity back into her body. So I, it was interesting. It was really good. Um,
0: Now... I have to confess that some of this timeline might be slightly muddled, but I think at this point we went back to 1619, or at least we did soon. And anything that that might have happened before we go back, I will cover. So don't worry, <laughs> listener, if you're thinking, wait, but what about the brilliant bit at Marston House? Which there was no brilliant <laughs> bit at Marston House. We will come back to it. Um, but back in 1619, Amity and Augusta are back I'm going to I'm gonna really Frenchify Good. Augustine, by I like the way, it. from now on, because it's a fun name. Um, one thing is, Amity. Amity's surname is spelt, as we would say in England, Lambert, right? Uh. I imagine that's got to be Amity Lambert. Lambert. So, back in 1619, Amity and Augusta are back with, like millions of foods Yes. Yeah. bag of apples right. and cheap bag of apples there yeah yeah you can have an apple if you want um no not two just, just one each i've oh, no, know got on. a lot but settle down it's got to last us a week there and she claims to everybody she proclaims in fact that she has met an angel l'ange. um Lange, uh which is Really exciting, and everybody's like, Oh, brilliant! This is the best news. Look at all this food. We haven't seen this much food since we left France. Um, they're all sort of bowing down to her, and wonderful. Apart from her dad and, and his, his cronies, he's none of that shit, is he? Um, <laughs> no, he's really, really pissed off at this. Why have you brought us? I food? hate
1: apples, you know, I do. I'm allergic,
0: yeah, yeah. <laughs> Who's allergic to apples? Actually, people Only are. this guy. Oh, are they? Yeah. I thought apples was one of those ones that, like, yeah. I, like, I get a strawberry you could be allergic to because it's got the little hairs on it, but an apple.
1: Yeah, well, apparently, Daddy O, no apples for him.
0: No. So, because he is so anti apple or because uh, he hates poms. Yeah. Um, well done. Yeah. Uh, thank you. Um, that feels funny because. I live in Australia where they call English people like me that's poms. Um, so it feels like a racist slur saying that he hates palms, but that's not what I mean. He hates apples. To be fair, apples. he probably does. Um, yeah, maybe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is, yeah. Um, 1600s f- Frenchman, no doubt. Um, so as punishment for not enthusiastically greeting the apples and corn and whatever else they've brought, they get... They get burnt upside down on an upside down. That is a rough
1: version of crucifixion and death by fire. I'll be honest; it made me feel. Look, no, I don't,
0: well. I don't want to get too deep into this conversation, but is this maybe better than being burnt the right way round? Well, yeah, because you you
1: like, die quicker, but you also die by your head being set on fire
0: that might be better or you might pass out though because all the blood will whole... rush to
1: your head because you're upside down but I think it probably is better okay good yeah. I'm glad we've good. settled with
0: that um, then there's sort of a bit of a, a montage really isn't there happy times for all the French set- settlers it's, this is times of plenty yeah. at the moment um, so they're all they're all happy they're all good right then back in modern day Castle Rock don't worry we'll be back we'll be back in uh, provincial Acadia n- America Acadia um, But back in modern day Castle Rock Pop has gone to visit Ace At Marston House This um, is weird
1: right This whole scene was bizarre Like, I, I, I liked the interaction between John uh, John uh, Pop and Ace <laughs> um, Whose name is actually John uh, Between Pop and Ace But I The rest of them It was like Fucking shit, walking dead. Like, just
0: right, we don't want you. It was like some sort of hive mind. Yeah, that's it, that's exactly it. Yeah, and it was almost like they could sense when Ace was annoyed, so then they all sort of got closer and were like, It was a little bit intimidating, but it it was also a bit odd. Lens used the term daytime TV for some of this goo people stuff, and I could not agree more. It feels so charmed or. Buffy the vampire style. Both shows
1: that I love it, for their crapness.
0: Oh, absolutely. Like they, There is definitely a place for both of those shows. But Castle Rock, I feel, is has a different tone. Yeah. And I should. think that's
1: why it jars. And especially when you get Tim Robbins in this scenario, he was a fantastic actor and he's playing this character so well. I think that jars even more because it's like he's walked into the wrong set. <laughs> You're like, no, yeah. mate, this isn't yeah. Castle Rock. This is... Um, this is that's why they're all so Ace angry at This is the, the Goo Man. This is, this is yeah, Ace three the o'clock goo Wednesday man. afternoon. And that's what it would
0: be called as well. Ace the Goo Man. Um, anyway, you'd think Pop is going to be really impressed by the wonderful like flip job Ace has done at the, the dilapidated manor that is Marston House. But it hasn't at all. It's pissed him off even more, if anything. So Pop's really suspicious about what's going on. Um, gets chased away a little bit by the hive mind goo people um so then he goes to try and warn abdi that some shenanigans are afoot but uh but abdi's not in the mood to talk to pop either he, he hates anything, him at this point, just cause...
1: pulls a gun on him which i felt was yeah, unnecessary I don't necessarily
0: blaming it was unnecessary but i can understand it the last time he saw him he, he was tied to a chair about to get eaten well, by a dog yeah, okay. if, what do you think about this relationship? Do you reckon there's a chance that it will be repaired, Abdi and Pop? I think it
1: might have to, to save Castle Rock. Um, because Abdi is not a goo, goo person, is he? So some of his cronies are, but he he's not a goo man.
0: So yeah, like you say, um, some of Abdi's cronies are, uh, are goo people. And, and Pop does manage to um, impart that information on onto abdi uh, that is like best mate is is working with ace which obviously comes as a, as a surprise to abdi it, it it sparks his curiosity um which will come to soon now i think at this point we do go back to acadia again and there's an interesting turn of events amity has been instructed by her angel to organize a mass ritual suicide and she's all like Ah, but why? Why do I go to why do ask this? Why you me to do the unthinkable? And
1: That's not French.
0: I do not want. <laughs> I do not want to do this. And so... The the angel makes her have a seizure, probably. And then she's like, Oh, okay, I will do it. I understand now. Um, je comprends." You're
1: very good at this French stuff,
0: that? Thank you. This is literally from... Middle school French. Um, I've probably got it horribly wrong. Um and again, we I think the last time I was on a podcast I might have accidentally offended the French and this time I have definitely accidentally offended the French. Never mind. Um, you might as well so carry on got now got rid because of you've started. All two listeners. <laughs> yeah. Alright. So um anyway, they do decide to have this mass ritual suicide. My word, what do you think of this suicide? Um oh. And how why it did takes she place start? And what why did she start with the
1: kid, man? That was rough. Little boy, she's like, yeah, here, put rough. a bug in your mouth. Right, for a start.
0: A giant bug. Giant giant, giant w- w- bug. Which had just, thing. in
1: the scene before, flown out of the hood of the angel. Weird. Um, Put a bug in his mouth and slit his throat. Just, no, just, oh, no, no. no. Like, brutal. Totally brutal. It's not,
0: it's not often that. You actually see kids in TV shows die no. like that. I,
1: it was well like, done,
0: though. That's normally sensitised. Uh, it I was, thought... yeah. And we, we cut to a sort of overhead shot, bird's eye view kind of thing. Um, but yeah, sorry, go no, on.
1: No, I was going to say that the, the whole the, the whole scene um, of, of the kind of ritual killing was really well done. It was really interesting. And it kind of tied together all of the stuff that we're like, I don't understand what the fuck is going on here. And now obviously we do because they go into the coffins, they get gooed and then they come back as the the seventeenth century Frenchies. Um and I yeah. the ending of it when um when Augusta kills Amity. I, I thought it was weirdly beautiful. Is that creepy?
0: Yeah, a bit, but I sort of know what yeah, you mean. Yeah, kind of
1: just just a very, very kind of you could see how much he loves her and how much he worships her. You know, she is the prophet, um and it, the fact that she's like in four hundred years I'll be back, but you'll you'll be the last and I, the first to come and I'll I'll be the last last to come back and, you know, all of this stuff. And it it just sort of felt very tidy.
0: Tidy. Alright. Um interesting choice of word. But um yeah, so they're all dead. I, I'm not sure how Augusta facilitated his own death, but presumably he swallowed a, a bug as well when and You'd assume so. laid down and cut his throat. Um, all right, meanwhile, back in modern-day Castle Rock, 400 years later, in fact, Castle Rock and New Jerusalem, it's called New Jerusalem, isn't it? Yeah, um
1: Jerusalem's lot, New Jerusalem, who knows?
0: the other place that is next door they're celebrating their 400 year anniversary with a parade um yes with a terrible parade um in what I think is a far too on the nose moment Ace or Augusta <laughs> draws on a map uh the location of where they're going oh. to do it now we don't know what it is at this point but my <clears throat> this is this is the problem with the goo people story is everything is just too obvious clunky. it's i mean it's too too clunky and to to have him drawing on a map with his his cronies around him going this is where we're going to do it because this is where most of the people will be like
1: yes like, we understand come
0: on yeah not not good anyway um there's a little bit of chatter about the the vessel who uh, has been identified as Annie so their plan is they're gonna they're gonna um kill Annie and then bring back amity in Annie's body um but they find out that she's been taken by the police uh ace doesn't panic augusta doesn't panic he he instructs the policeman from heroes pre- presumably because he's got experience of being a policeman in here and he's got a policeman's um, uniform
1: on he is a policeman in Castle
0: Rock and he's got policeman's uniform yes that is true um, To so he instructs him to go and get her from the precinct now he comes back without her but he comes back with some doubts about her suitability as a host because she's got the same medication that the troublesome vessel that you guys discussed in the last episode um same sort of medication that 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 particular vessel has That's what um, we call it a bug blocker which caused problems didn't it? bug blocker I like that
1: uh yeah, um, I mean this is interesting it, again though a goo preventer. It is, um it is too uh kind of over explained we know this we we don't really yes. need to be told this yes, I'm not really sure no, this was you an all discussed scene. that
0: in the last episode without. Having to be told it. Um, in any case, Ace or Augusta is isn't having any of that, and sort of angrily dismisses those doubts. Right. The celebrations continue, and Abdi, for some reason, heads up to Marston House. Uh, he's spurred on by curiosity, I suppose, to see what his mate's up to, and when he's up there. My word, what does he see? An
1: upside down crucifixion by fire.
0: Yes, he sees some upside down crosses with people who are also upside down and also are on fire. And one of them is the police. I can't officer. believe J.J.
1: Abrams killed his mate.
0: Yeah, yeah, he's, he's a good mate, isn't he? Um, some say that he didn't actually kill him. This was just acting.
1: This was unexpected. And I I liked this. This is one of the only scenes at the Marston house that I enjoyed. Um, yeah, okay. You know, because it was giving us a nice parallel back to 400 years prior. And, uh, you know, nothing wrong uh, for, for them because they're from the 17th century uh, about burning people upside down across crosses. Yeah, us.
0: I mean, it felt a bit much. Like, this guy's just come through 400 years of being in a goo box and then... He sort of says, "Are you sure this is the best option?" Because she does have some serious medication, and we've seen what happens. And he gets burnt upside down on an upside down cross. That's like he's on, a bit—he's a bit harsh. Settle down,
1: I'll give you that. Um, but I suppose it's—it's it's just reminding us that they are of a different mindset and of a different time, and and what may come. I suppose is the uh, the thing, isn't it? The
0: next bit is the moment that I think everybody wants to talk about. And this is, it probably goes on for about a minute, maybe two. And it's enough on its own, for me personally, to give this episode an extra two blueberries. It's a phenomenally well done scene, in my opinion. Um, so we go back to the celebrations, back to the parade. And Augusta in Ace's body, reveals a gift that he... Proclaims will unite everyone. Now, like I said, I loved this scene. The yellow balloon that yeah. floats. The cuts between 1619 and Amity's first meeting with the angel. And the the reveal of the statue. And everybody sort of transfixed by it. And then the reveal of who the angel is. And the angel is none other than the king.
1: Holy motherfuck. Like... This whole right. thing... And you're right, this is the best scene of the episode. One of the best scenes of the entire season, actually. Um, I wasn't expecting yeah. it. I definitely wasn't expecting the reveal to be that the angel is the kid. And when Bill Skarsgård's little angel face popped out of that hood with all his little waffly 1619 hair, I was like...
0: His <laughs> silly little hair. hair,
1: to be honest. Um, I, I literally kind of like sat back in my chair in shock and... Um, it was just so perfectly done, and and the the thing I really loved about the kind of modern day um, juxtaposition of those scenes was the fact that Pop wasn't facing, and all he could see was everybody just, like you said, transfixed, almost like in a trance, and it yep. your your mind just goes, what the fuck is going to happen next? It was it was amazing. This
0: also got me going. Do you know what? I wish I remembered the details of season one more because what does this mean what does it mean for season one does it affect things like were were we did we have thoughts that we where well, we didn't know the answers and and now we do yeah. like did we still think that this was an alternate reality henry diva when clearly it's some sort of at least 400 year old well no he would have been must be at least 419 year old because he would have already been some yep. years old presumably in 1619 uh, what is he what does it mean anna do you have the answers i,
1: I don't have the answers um but i like that and, and i think that um uh, uh, going right back to to Walter Lacey lacy in season 1 you know he knew that he was the the devil you know the complete opposite to to an angel almost um and he had to keep him away because of the power that he holds over people and we've seen that we've seen uh how he can transfix people in, in season one and how he can change things and the power that he holds I think that he is much much older um and I think that he has been around in various guises uh for, for many many years centuries millennia perhaps um and we'll talk a bit more about this in um in king corner but that this does sort of link to um to a character that Stephen King has written a lot about uh, we did talk about this in season 1 and, and uh, it's a very very interesting conundrum um and and I I'm assuming, and I, uh, whether I'm correct or not, is that we're going to get Bill Skarsgård back in in modern day Castle Rock, um, and that's going to tie us. Yeah,
0: maybe naked. Maybe
1: Lucy would be loving that. Um, yeah, just it was just such a mind blowing reveal that I wasn't expecting, and I don't think we should have expected it. I think they've done a great job of keeping that very much on the back burner and just kind of throwing it at us out of nowhere.
0: Yeah. It is times like this that I really appreciate the moments where I don't try to overthink things when I'm yeah. watching it because it has so much more impact if you're not if you're not prepared for it. Um and it was it was just it was a it was brilliantly done. That was the thing. It's not even I mean it is the outcome that that's excellent, but it's the way it was done. It was orchestrated beautifully. I, that that yellow balloon, yellow's an important colour isn't it? I'm thinking sort of it and um raincoats and stuff right um and that was cool the 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 way that we saw sort of how pop was seeing it um and he only saw it he saw it for a moment as the balloon sort of reflected the statue and it looked to me like he was transfixed for that yeah. moment as well and then the balloon sort of continued to rotate and he sort of regained his 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 faculties, his consciousness, um, and was able to sort of go, well, fuck this, I'm running away. Um, but everybody else was totally, totally transfixed, totally entranced by it. Um, so does the statue itself have magical powers? Well, I mean, I it does know. somehow um,
1: manage to get real weird bugs to fly out of it. So yeah, I mean, I th- magical oh, well, statue. This is
0: yes, it has some, some magical powers, yeah. Um, well, I suppose that that's about it for the the plot summary. Why don't we take a uh, a journey, a, a short walk, over to King Corner, where you can enlighten us further. That Anna. I
1: can. I'm innocent, Red, just like everybody else here. The house is burning. Hi, Georgie. I'm afraid I have a tendency to turn up the heat.
0: Red rum, red rum. Creepy
1: creepy Carrie. You Hello, it's King Corner time, guys. How exciting! So I talk about all the Easter eggs from this episode. Now, last few episodes have been a bit Easter egg light. This one is Easter egg heavy. Um, but I am going to rattle through them at. Uh, a, uh, a comprehensive but uh, speedy speed so I mentioned
0: it's hard when it's heavy isn't it to, to go yeah, quickly so we will, will um, we, we
1: will do what we can so so I mentioned Gaz when we talked about the reveal of, of the kid uh, how that links to uh, another very prominent character in the King canon uh, so there is a, a gentleman called Randall Flagg you ever heard of Randall Flagg
0: I have heard, I love it when I get these, because obviously my my Stephen King knowledge is light on the ground. Uh, but this is The Stand that I know Randall yes. Flagg from.
1: Uh, and he also, uh, I believe, is in um, the Dark Tower series. No, I don't really know a huge much about Randall Flagg, but he... Huge much? A huge much? Huge amount. Uh, but, but he... <laughs> he's kind of he's ageless he's tied to the underworld and he's everywhere in, in time and, and space and it very much felt um a lot like that and I think you know in, in season one we, we got the little smiley face which links to to Randall Flag, and I thought that was very interesting um very interestingly done and um it kind of opens up a lot of questions and we did you know Len posited this in, in season one that you know maybe the kid was was linked to Flag or, or was Flag so I think that'll be interesting to see how that pans out and obviously that's going to add to my reading list to uh, to learn a bit more about him Um, so
0: you could always do with oh, reading Oh, yeah, there. I mean, it's I not like I've said I that. don't
1: read enough. I'm um, I'm currently stuck in a short story anthology, which I'm really enjoying. Nothing to do with Castle Rock or uh, Salem's Lock, just... Uh, well, don't know.
0: it really up really then.
1: enjoying it. Um, so we've got a couple of Easter eggs in this episode, which um, are very, very subtle. Um, so at one point, we see uh, Pop Merrill's ledger. Uh, and if you were to pause on that ledger you may see some names that you would recognise. You won't recognise them, but I did. Um, so one of them, which is, is very timely for me, so we see the name of John Delavan, uh, who is uh, the oh, yeah. father...
0: He played right back for Aston Villa in
1: the <laughs> 90s. This is not football critical. Um so he is one of the main characters in the Sundog, which is uh, the main story of, of Pop Merrill. We also, and you may remember this name from uh, Needful Things, Andy Clutterbuck. He was one of the uh, one of the oh, cops. Yeah. Uh, he is also in there, and
0: um, it's a good name. Clutterbuck. It's, name, it's
1: awful, really. Uh, but he's he's in that ledger too, <laughs> as well same. as a few names that I didn't recognise, but I did look up. But um, we will leave that. Um, we've also got. Some very interesting acting ace regs here. So uh, the guy that plays Ace uh, and Chris's dad, who's in prison, so the uh, the brother-in-law of Pop, uh, has been in a King, King uh, production before, in the Revelations of Becca Paulson. Uh, and that was an adaptation, a King a Stephen King adaptation, featured on The Outer Limits.
0: Yeah. Well. There you oh, go. There's there's quite a lot of King repeaters. Yeah, here, there are there. and
1: I, I think that's a really like, exciting thing about Castle Rock is um is is seeing people who've been who've played really major roles in in King adaptations coming back to this kind of amalgamation of it. I really love it. Now, I don't know if you spotted this, uh but while uh, we were at the uh, the the celebrations, uh the uh, the guy that's MCing yells out, "Look at that car." Uh Yes, I,
0: right. Now, I heard him say that and I wondered why, because that felt significant and I well, have no idea that, why. Well, that car is a
1: Plymouth Fury. Uh, and the Plymouth Fury is the possessed car in Christine. Oh, yeah, nice. Okay. Yeah. It's pretty good. Cool. Did That's you good. also, in that yeah. parade, notice a small child with Very a clown good. face?
0: Yes, I did. Yep. It scared me because clowns are terrifying. And what does
1: that make us think of in the King canon, Gaz?
0: Definitely makes me think of misery. <laughs> I'm I
1: genuinely thought you'd be being serious. And I was like, for fuck's sake, it's the one thing you know. Um, and there are quite a lot of those little things, you know, think about the ledger and the, the names in there that, are, you know, if you are a, an avid King fan, you will spot those a mile off. Um, but a lot of people wouldn't notice them. And I think that's, that's one of the great things. Um, and lastly, this is not really an Easter egg, but a nice little kind of hark back. Tim Robbins going back to Shawshank. Good old Andy Dufresne.
0: Yeah. Um, yeah. Tall, drink tall of water drink of water yeah.
1: um, so I mean for, for me all of these were great and I, I remember I saw that Plymouth Fury and was like Christine um, and and I love them when they crop up like that like really cool really cool
0: yeah that's a good one yeah I, like I do
1: that. and I, th- I think it's pretty good yeah. and obviously balloons um, you know it clowns murderous clowns um, and yeah. some tenuous links yeah. to, to a few other things so um, so that that's King Corner for you this week guys.
0: well lovely that was that was a a terrific call thank, thank you very much thank you very much why don't we uh, why do we head to some feedback um, before we wrap up today's episode um, I do have we do have some wonderful listener feedback as ever uh, listeners please do get in touch I <clears throat> do you know what like I'm sure we all listen to podcasts lots of podcasts and they say these things all the time I cannot tell you how sincerely I mean it we love getting feedback. It really makes our day. Whenever I I see like a somebody's put a screenshot on our group, Emma, and, and I'm like, my first thought is, please be feedback, please be feedback. And then when it's just John posting a stupid name, <laughs> I'm always disappointed. I, I love I love
1: hearing what people think, and you know whether it's positive or constructive. Um, I I really enjoy that because we do this for you guys to enjoy and hearing how much you do enjoy it uh, is fantastic and I, th- I think it's really exciting like uh, it's great to hear so it what is. have we got this week as
0: well we've got lots of stuff um, lots of theories from from listeners because obviously this is a this is a show that inspires that as well it does um, indeed first of all we've got Eric Scroggin <clears throat> Eric Scroggin here love the pod yeah. cheers Scroggin there you go good start Eric Thanks, mate. Um, Because of that, I'll continue to read your message. Uh, If we're still talking about The Laughing Place and King Corner (laughs) Easter Eggs, I suppose we will still be talking about it seeing as I kept bringing it up (laughs) as well. I thought it was a great callback to Misery that the thing that sets Annie over the edge is reading a disappointing ending to The Raven Angel, which mirrors her discontent with Sheldon's book. That is a great point. I feel like... You or Lucy might have shared that thought as well.
1: I I can't remember if we did or not, Um, but it is. I mean, it's a great comparison. And, uh, you know, it's one of the things that really does tip her over the edge and and tip her dad down the stairs. Uh, Yeah, very, very (laughs) subtle, but very well done. How did he die? He got tipped. He got tipped down the stairs. Well spotted, Eric. Well Um,
0: spotted. Yeah, that's a good one. Um, Lee Brewer has been in touch. And she says, Hey there. Greetings from sunny Southern California. Ooh. SoCal. Um, as as we call it. Uh I've discovered your podcast and I'm loving Yay. it. Again. Look at that. Again, we'll we'll continue reading, Lee. Uh I thought I would pass along a tiny bit of info concerning why Joy could just leave the group home. Now I remember um you guys were sort of like, oh, it's A little bit convenient that she's been able to just yeah. sort of get get kidnapped basically from the group from the, the sort of safety <laughs> house, right? Um, but Lee thought that there might be some more substance to this part of the story, and, and a little bit I think, let's be fair, she's making excuses for the show, so um, but no, they're perfectly legitimate. Let me let me read or I'll summarize, I suppose. She says that uh, she's not an expert in the area, but um. Is a former foster mum and has friends in the field, so I think I think actually Lee is as close to an expert in the field. Yeah, is compared to, to us, definitely. Um, yeah. So she says that in California, you you aren't allowed to stop a teen or older child from leave, leaving a group home or foster home. It's considered a personal rights Ooh. violation. So, um, speculating that Maine's foster child laws are probably similar. Um, And so that's probably what has happened there. So it's not necessarily or almost certainly isn't at all lazy writing. It's actually an accurate depiction of group homes for teens. I know it's a minute detail in the show, but I thought I would share a tidbit of knowledge. Um, Long days and pleasant nights, Lee. Um, Now, you will be very excited by this PS from Lee. My mother named me after Lee. In Christine, nice. So I was destined to love all things King, including your podcast. Brilliant,
1: nice one, Lee. Loving yeah. that.
0: It's good, isn't it? Um, Charles Poor has been in touch again. I think Charles has. Yeah, been in I recognise Charles's name. Um, good to hear from you again, Charles. Um, now, uh, this is a this is from a couple of episodes ago. Um, oh, sorry, one episode six. Uh, tropes from this episode sand to the face Um, I think you covered that as well didn't you Um, women always fall when they run yeah always especially in horror movies
1: useless
0: especially in a forest you're always going to fall yeah (laughs) bloody women always falling over Um, yeah Uh, a dropped gun always goes off and ironically kills someone um. yep fair enough some random thoughts as well from Charles Joy should have been shot and died now you guys definitely covered that and I definitely agree and Charles definitely agrees Um. the Ace storyline is boring I also agree with that I, I'm i struggling as well as to whether we call him Ace or Augusta from now on I think um, just,
1: just go with the mood takes so you guys I don't know however you feel at the time
0: okay how about Ace-Gusta Esther
1: Esther that sounds like Esther
0: yeah it does. Okay, um, Charles also says that he thinks Rita is dead. He did like the character and the actress. Charles doesn't have any sympathy for Annie. She's a murderer and kidnapper. That's sort of similar to my yeah, I thoughts, I think. I mean, that is true. Hmm. Um, All <laughs> right, I like this. Um, what do you think of Annie's walk? This is still <laughs> Charles, by the way. It's very side Do you know what it reminds me of? (laughs) And uh,
1: he's going to kill me for this. But our mutual friend John sometimes does that silly walk. And it is... (laughs) Annie Wilkes' walk is 100% that walk. Uh,
0: Yep. Good. Um, This will be the ultimate test to see if John's actually listened to this podcast. Because he'll be fuming. That's all I have to Um, say on the matter. But... Well, something else it might remind you of, and it did remind Charles of, is Kathy Bates' walk in the movie. Um... But he also says it seems to come and go, just like Pop's accent, which I have also... A little bit tenuous though, isn't it? Well, maybe. Um, However, he also says, I'm enjoying the podcast. I appreciate your interactions. You genuinely seem to like each other. Thoughts Well, that's
1: definitely not true. I hate everyone in this podcast. Uh, (laughs) No, uh, Charles, very true. uh, We've been friends for a long time, and uh, that makes this an enjoyable experience for all of us most of the time.
0: Indeed, most of the time. Um, Brooke has been in touch. Um, Hello. Good start. Um, There have been a number of nods to the body slash stand by me. I don't think you've mentioned. Chance isn't the only character whose name is tied to the body. Joy's other friends are Vera and Timmy, a.k.a. Vern and Teddy. Nice. Very Uh, nice. Yeah. Yeah. Timmy wears horn-rimmed glasses, like Teddy. And after the gang gets back from their adventure on the lake in episode three, Chance keeps pretending to punch Vera, who complains, reminiscent of the two-for-flinching bit throughout yeah, Stand Yeah, okay, by that's
1: now. very good, actually. Well done, Brooke. Very well spotted.
0: So, if Chance is Gordy, does that mean Joy is Chris Chambers? What do you guys think? Uh, I will... Well, I mean delegate the answer to, uh, that to you. logic
1: dictates yes and actually if you think about chris chambers and his uh, slightly mad slightly violent family uh, you could that could be akin to, to the old annie wilkes um yeah interesting very interesting actually um i like that feedback well done brooke i look forward to hearing more from you about what i've missed
0: um yeah well brooke says she is a huge fan of uh, of the body Slash Stand By Me. Um, I am a fan of... Big fan of Stand By Me as well. Great movie. And just wanted to share with some others who would understand how fun it is to spot these Easter eggs. Keep up the great work, Brooke. Um, Lovely. Thank you. Uh, Todd. Todd's been in touch again. Um, Regular contributor to the show. Talk about a return to form. This episode not only bounced back, but I think might be the best episode of the season. Hmm um definitely had the best moment of the season in my opinion um as much as i hated last week's episode i loved this one so uh todd's running running through a couple of his thoughts the opening and 1619 setting was a breath of fresh air i totally yeah. agree with that loved that uh lizzie Kaplan's acting is top notch even in a smaller role this week um
1: yeah yeah, I mean,
0: I think she's yeah. great. Yeah, she is. She is great. Um, she's yeah, working I'm with what she's got, man. Give her a break. Unnecessarily critical. Yeah. All right, right. will do. Uh, Tim Robbins' return was much needed. Totally agree as well. Yeah. Um, season one callbacks were fantastic. The kid reveal was awesome. And throughout the episode, I was hoping for his return. Um, yeah, I think we're all in agreement there. The fact that this ties some loose ends to season one was a great surprise. Yeah. Um, Todd thinks that the reveal makes the smile of the kid at the end of season one feel even. Oh creepier. yeah! What do you think?
1: Because he knows that. Yeah. Oh, brilliant!
0: Um, and I like this this point as well. If Bill Skarsgård <laughs> is the overarching villain in the series for s- seasons to come, um, Todd will be thrilled. As will I. Always happy with more Bill Skarsgård he is excellent excellent. the ending to the episode was what this season needed yep agreed as well this episode was the perfect example of what this show could be on a weekly basis hope this is a sign of things to come five blueberries nice nice Todd thank you very much now uh, we have two more bits of feedback Um, Tara first of all now I'm not convinced this is Tara's genuine surname I hope it is because this is incredible Tara, a red apple
1: tree. (laughs) That's definitely not her surname, but that's brilliant.
0: It's written as one word, so I'm going to assume it is. A red apple tree. Um, So, the goo people storyline was pretty uninteresting to me until tonight's episode. I don't know how the goo ties into the king canon, but... He does have a lot of stories that deal with resurrection and body snatching, desperation and attack, yep. uh, dream catcher with their alien spores, pet cemetery and the sour ground, and as mentioned by Emma, the yep. Knockers. I'm now very excited to find out more about the kid, definitely not alternate Henry, and the Schism Cult V One, the first the first incarnation yes. of the Schism Cult. Also, as a side note. Um, Tara, a red apple tree, is reading Needful Things for Oh the first Tara, I hope you're loving um, it.
1: It's so good.
0: Well, she says that she is a loving Alan Pangborn, um, and is now even more heartbroken yep. over him in season one. Pang is um, yeah. Pangers, is is our boy. Um And finally, um from uh, from one of our patrons, Jamie. Uh, some feedback here some thoughts on Castle Rock some episodes this season uh, lost her attention and not enjoying it as much as season one overall Um, although she did say that uh, uh, that was maybe because of the lack of Bill Skarsgård's beautiful face hopefully that's been remedied to some extent Um, so she's got a theory Um, one of the co-creators did a a reddit ask me anything um, and someone asked why they wanted to focus on misery this season, Um, he said that they always, uh, that they wanted to explore Annie's origin story Um, you know, was she always a monster? How did the world help turn her into a monster? Etc, etc Now, you guys, not me uh, but you guys mentioned in one of the pods that she's become a very sympathetic character, and Jamie agrees, um, definitely rooting for her So how are they going to make this Annie into misery Annie? At first, I thought maybe Joy is going to grow up and she would take her mother's name for some reason and become the Paul Sheldon kidnapper, uh, especially after the Tide to the Bed episode. Um, But Jamie doesn't think so. We saw Annie walk baby Joy into the river, intent on killing them both. But Joy laughed and Annie loved it. Perhaps this season, Annie and Joy will be separated. Either Joy, Joy leaves or it's killed. I imagine that as well myself. And eventually, which is why I think great opportunity to do it with the gun and the the Rita and uh, anyway.
1: Hold your Sorry, frustration, Jamie.
0: I've interrupted your message. Yeah. Um. So Annie tries to find a baby to replace her in the hospital she works at. None of these new babies react to Annie the way that Joy did. So Annie kills them, just as she intended to kill Joy. Pretty bleak and probably not at all accurate, but thought I would share. Uh, yes, Jamie. Highly, highly. I deep, think I it say. is quite a good yeah. theory.
1: Um, and I actually that was the yeah. only bit of our feedback that I read uh, before this podcast. And um, actually, Jamie, and we can talk about this more when we when we chat this weekend. Uh, I uh, I agree with you, and I think that that is possibly where things are going to go. Um, because it's the only way I can see it tying into our Annie. Uh, very very interesting. Well, there you go.
0: Lots to think about there. Um, and as as ever, some wonderful feedback. So um, please do keep feedback coming. Um, obviously, from a, a, a personal note, I don't get to host these things very often. So any feedback saying, wow, this was the best host of Castle Rock ever would be Well, ever ev- is a push, um, but I think
1: you've done a wonderful job, Gaz. Thank well, you.
0: Thanks, Emma. Yeah, maybe the best one since Emma, which was last week. So, um Yeah. Uh, I think that pretty much wraps us up so if you would like to get in touch please do send us an email um, we are fancriticalpodcast at gmail.com um, you can get in touch with us on Instagram where we are known as fan what, underscore critical excellent um, we have a Twitter account um, at
1: fancriticalpod which
0: is at fancriticalpod and um, please I'm still the best host even if you don't know my Twitter account um, and we're also on Facebook find us at Fan Critical on, on Facebook um, so all of the ways that you can possibly find us please do subscribe to the show Castle Rock Critical also our main hub Fan Critical we're on all of the podcasting apps and Spotify and Stitcher iTunes tuning. and Podcast and Podcast Addict don't forget the three of us that <laughs> use that one um so you can find us anywhere um but until next week, we will bid you adieu au revoir au
1: revoir
0: that's that's about it All right.
1: <laughs> thanks guys
0: Bon bonne nuit good night uh see thanks, you later. Emma.